What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsor by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin Josh. Hot dang, we embarrassed them. Let's go! Everything was just falling into place. Bunky Azio cuts inside. With this run, but oh. it's no So I just realized, uh, Josh, you and I talked to Kev last week, but nobody heard it because the episode just like didn't exist. So hi, Kev. How's it going? Uh, it's good. I don't I don't I'm stepping on Josh's uh, moment here. I'll let Josh take over for a second. Oh, I'm sorry. Ah, there, you know, <laughs> there was a there was a period where I did not think we would hear that in 2020. So if you would have told me that I wouldn't be opening a victory beverage until July, I would have been like, Oh no, what's wrong <laughs> with this season? What do we do? How terrible are we? But yeah, here, here it is. First victory beverage of the season. And it's a, our first game of the season. So that feels good. Yeah. Good start. Yeah. Very good start. Um, yeah, I, I like. I, I was gonna like catch up with Kevin. Throw you off, Mike. Kevin. I, I have yeah. to say before you, before you even start talking, really, an embarrassing, uh, embarrassing is three to one. I don't. That's a bit overkill. That's I'm embarrassing. All for, it's embarrassing. It's, it's embarrassing. not embarrassing. It's embarrassing. <laughs> Look, let's face it. Right, they opened their brand new stadium. They had fans there, um, ironically applauding healthcare workers for doing their jobs while they were there at the stadium. And after the, after after Speedy Williams got the first goal, I think they felt like they had it in the bag. And we went in and we played spoilers. I think we were all saying, like, it'd be great if we'd go in and play spoilers. I don't know how many of us thought it would look that good. And it looked good. So Called it. Called it. Yeah. Called it the whole time. <laughs> Been super positive. Not being facetious. I wanted us to do what Harrisburg did to us when we opened our stadium in 2013, and that's what, exactly what happened. Yeah, for sure. So just to uh, just to sort of set the scene here, and then we're going to dive into some takeaways. So for those who missed it, um, which if you missed, you know, the first, the only Hounds game in 2020 thus far, shame on you. The Hounds rolled into Louisville's brand new stadium, beat them three to one. We got goals from Jordan Dover, Robbie Mertz, and Anthony Velarde. Um, you know, we, we sort of did some predicting a few weeks back about, you know, what do we think this lineup could look like? How, what's, what's Lily going to do? He ended up rolling out a five, one, three, one with, uh, Gomez and in, in net across the back. He did Rivera Ashworth, Tommy V is the like center back Skylar Thomas, and then Dover out wide. He had Ryan James as the holding mid, which I don't think anybody was sort of calling. I think we were all sort of saying, well, you know, maybe. I said Ryan James maybe in the midfield. Okay. And then we had a in front of James, we had Velarde, Forbes, and Mertz. And then up top, we had Mensa. So that, that was the lineup coming into the game. I don't think that there were any, like, super surprises other than we knew that James could sort of play in the midfield. We knew that, you know, Lily really likes him and his versatility, but you know it it looked good so i got a couple takeaways what takeaways do you guys have josh give me give me a takeaway here from this game um it was interesting to see ashworth get the start uh, i don't think any of us called that um walls not being in the lineup or even on the bench that's i don't think we've really gotten any information about what's going on there hopefully he's okay he was on the injury report so i think he's okay uh but yeah uh Man, I, when this game started, the first like ten minutes, uh, even like first fifteen minutes ish, like it was mm-hmm. feeling kind of like, ooh, this is this is not good. This mm-hmm. it felt really, really just unorganized and not like the Hounds we've seen in the past. Uh, well, the recent past. Uh, <laughs> so that yeah, that that was scary, but obviously the it got better. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, basically after the first. 15-ish it seemed like we we shook some rust off and then towards the end of the first half we came to life and really in the second half I think one of my takeaways was that I always just sort of expected like we've seen the past few seasons it it always takes the team a few games to sort of get their feet under them um by the end of the second half we look like you know 90 percent of what the team was at the end of last season as we were you know trudging through the playoffs so that's a really good sign, and that was really unexpected. 
Um, at least for me, Kev, what's, uh, what did you see? I mean, I don't know. I, I, th- I'm going to kind of go back to what you said at the very beginning of embarrassing them and everything. I don't want to rain on this parade at all. It was a great win. And it was, I think it was a good performance, but I, I mean, there, they had chances and like, like we, we gave Louisville chances and they, I would say that our second two goals were, were, yeah, we, we had to be there to kind of force um, the turnover, but it was kind of sloppy from Louisville. So, I mean, uh, once again, on another day, it wouldn't be crazy to say Louisville win this game, you know, 2-1 or 3 I mean, It wasn't like we completely controlled the game and dominated everything and created 10 chances and they created one. I I. I, just, I don't see that, um, but it was it was good. We took our chances. I think there was a lot of positives to take from the game, which I'll, which I'll get into in a bit later. Um, but uh, I mean, the the other take, and and I know it was, you know, it was hot and it was the first game back. Um, yeah, I I think we looked tired. I think a, a lot of the players looked tired out there, oh, yeah. Louisville included. Um, players that I don't normally associate with, kind of burning out. Uh, we're burning out pretty early, you know, a lot of cramps, a lot of hamstrings. Um, so I, you know, I, I don't know when that gets fixed. I mean, you always hope that a a decent preseason solves those fitness problems. Um, it never really does. I think it usually takes a few games before everyone's fit and firing, but, um, with the, with the current COVIDiness of everything. And I, I, I don't, I hope, I hope we'll, we'll see, you know, because it was weird seeing, like, you know, the likes of Ryan James look tired. Like, he never looks tired. <laughs> like, you know, there, there are certain players that never look tired and never go down. And it, it was weird. So, so yeah, I, I, great win. I, you know, good performance in moments. Um, but I don't want to get ahead of myself here and look, think that this is, like, the greatest performance ever. No, no, no. I'm not saying this is the greatest performance ever. But a lot of times... Uh, I don't want to say, I'm not going to say legend because that's way too strong of a word, but a lot of times um, things like this, uh, memories like this are built because of the circumstance, not because of just how good you are. And this was a situation where the circumstance was set up. Louisville came into our home in the playoffs last year. We were supposed to beat them. They beat us. There were a number of questionable calls that clearly left a bad taste in our mouth. The previous two seasons, Louisville won the championship. So, Kev, you talk about you know establishing a rivalry with a team. Here was an opportunity where Louisville is being painted by the USL as like the poster child. Everywhere you look, you know the the league is talking about oh the game in Louisville this weekend. The game in, this this is the this is the poster game. The game in Louisville. Everything was set up for them to have a big day. I think everyone was expecting them to have a big day, and so for you know the Hounds to sort of. Not look great in the first 15, and I don't disagree with the fact that the two goals in the second half were sort of gifts. Uh, we'll sort of get to, I mean, you they we still had to earn them, but there were other things that were happening on the field at that point where you know there were long stretches of this game that we didn't let Louisville cross the half line, like it was just we were shutting them down and we were playing that defense like we did before. So, again. If we played this game 10 games in the season, these these are going to be two completely different looking teams. So I'm not arguing that this was good soccer. I don't think it was good soccer, but I think we, we did enough to to come away with three on the day. Yeah, and, and following up on that point, yeah, I mean, Louisville's good side, we're a good side. I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not trying to suggest, I, I, th- this is really important. I mean, yeah, you, you brought it up. We've been talking about it for at least a year and a half of, you know, Louisville is the team that, like, we kind of need to mentally think that we need to jump above them in the kind of, you know, subjective ranking of the Eastern Conference as we're the superior team over Louisville. Um, if we do that, we know we're in a good place, like, as a club, as a team. And this is a great step forward for that. You know, we, we get some revenge back on them. Um, but I think at the same time, you know, if. if we finished first in the East last season. We do, we do as good as we, we we are, and if we truly think we're a better team than Louisville, then we can't be we can't be like yeah. I mean, like we can because it's exciting to win, especially right. against Louisville. But it's you know it it shouldn't be like a shock, right? I I don't I don't want it to be surprising for us to go to Louisville and win. We should it, all be like Josh and just expect the win. 
that's right i mean in a way yeah, yeah. but I, to be fair though i expect to win but then i'm really surprised when we do win <laughs> <laughs> let's let's not get ahead ter- of ourselves terrible way to live josh that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's the best of both worlds you live in blind optimism but then you are also super surprised when you win yeah <laughs> it's like did you see that coming i didn't see that coming <laughs> I said I was talking about that coming. Uh, but another thing about the game is that kind of makes it interesting and just just kind of just cool moment for us to be a part of the fact that they are opening their stadium and that we got to play that role. And I do think this could go a long ways to make Louisville see Riverhounds as a, you know, a formidable opponent. Because I, I still think we get kind of the short, you know, it just always feels like everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, the River Hounds. It's still kind of like they don't respect the Hounds or anything they're, like that. They're old guard, right? Like, Yeah, it's, yeah, you know, USL 1.0, not, right. you know, whatever USL, USL Pro, USL A-League, whatever it is, yeah. uh, championship now. So it's, it's the fact that it, it kind of makes me feel like the Hounds being relevant still. Even when we finished top of the league last season, we don't make a great playoff run we you know don't get to that final or anything like that so it's it's nice to get one up on louisville um and i'm glad we won i'm super glad we won and i wouldn't have been happy if this if we didn't win and this happened but i'm kind of glad they got the first goal i'm kind of glad that the first goal of that stadium was louisville goal because that's the one thing i have solace in the fact that the home opener for uh Highmark Stadium was in Gulo. It's like, okay, yeah, we lost the first game of the whole stadium history, but at least the first goal was a Riverhounds player. So, if you want to crap on him, Josh, you got to crap on him, man. Don't give him anything. Nah, that's not me. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, Talking about sort of the players for a minute, um, because there was, I mean, there was a lot that I think it's tough to say that you learn a lot from one game, especially a game under these circumstances where it's hot and things like that. But I do think that there were a number of things that we just didn't know because there were some players like Mensa who we literally hadn't seen. We we saw him maybe for a half in the home in the Hounds last home uh, scrimmage of the season. And he literally had just arrived and you could tell he, not that he had no idea what he was doing, but it was very much just like get out there and, and let's feel it out. This was a case where, to me, you know, and I'm, I, I'm not one to typically single out players, and I'm not necessarily doing that here, but if you ask me sort of who my man of the match is, I would kind of say Mensa because, especially in the first half, you know, there was a lot of ball chasing, and all I could think of was like, oh, here we go again. Like, it felt like we had, most of the time, 10 guys behind the ball because we couldn't get any good hold-up play. Um, but what impressed me, especially in the second half, third half, was oftentimes last third season half. third half sorry <laughs> yeah third half it's a long day anyway um <laughs> last season you would hear lily yelling at duba and 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 especially in years past yelling at romeo like get high get high get high get high and this was something where in the first game mensa was getting high and he was breaking up lanes and he was disrupting what louisville was trying to do granted louisville was not doing it flawlessly but the thing that impressed me was that first steal when he got that ball. It's cutting across the field. You see Robbie tearing up. My first thought was, does Romeo Parks take that shot? Probably takes that shot. Does that Nico Brett? Does really? does Nico Brett moment? take that shot? No, seriously. Because <laughs> look, when he turns, he has a player on on basically his right side, and at that point, I think a lot of players get goal hungry. And other players, I think Nico would have taken that shot. Sure, I mean yeah. Romeo would have taken that shot. And especially, especially when, especially when you haven't been seeing a lot of the ball all the game, right? Especially exactly. when you've been chasing and, and defending from the front, yeah. And so Mensa lays it off. Then on the second one, he basically again is like right up in front of the net, and he could have rushed it, and it could have just been an easy turnover back again. But he held it, and he was calm, and like the chip through the box to Velarde arriving on the back post. It was like he just. He, it almost looked like he didn't even look. He just instinctively knew he was he there. And from, so, from memory, like, yeah. But that, that right there, that unselfishness, it got me thinking, like, yeah, we've seen him shoot. Like, he's t- he took a few shots. But at the same time, 
this is what I think Lily has been wanting. This player who, yes, can be a force, who, yes, who can score, but also makes everyone else around them better. And I know we had high expectations for both Velarde and Robbie this season, but with somebody like Mensa in front of them, I'm starting to wonder if, you know, the ceiling for those two isn't even higher because of the opportunities they're going to get because not that he's unselfish, but it just seems that, I don't even want to say he's more observant, but it, there, there was just there was something extra there that we haven't seen in a Hound striker in a few years. I'll say it. He's more observant. I mean, yeah. I, like, <laughs> no, I, I, I think he's... I was really impressed. I didn't know... Yeah, I didn't really know what we were going to get out of Mensa. I didn't... I, I know he was in the league and last year, I, but I, I haven't watched him closely. I was really impressed at his intelligence and his awareness and his vision. Um that I mean, yeah, I mean the 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 first assist that he has for Robbie, I I've watched it back a couple of times. You do see Velarde kind of like kind of motion and yell and point like, hey, you got you got Robbie coming up like for the layoff. Um, but I mean, I think it was a combination. Like I meant to, I think knew that already, and he was already in in the process of laying it off to Robbie. Another thing to point out, it's not just that he knows that the pass is on and and. Ha- he puts it perfectly. He doesn't mm-hmm. overpass it. He doesn't underpass it. He puts it right in Robbie's stride so that Robbie doesn't have to take a touch. And Robbie's first touch is the shot. I mean, that's that's a really not only do you have the the awareness and the intelligence to, and the understanding and the vision of, of what's happening around you, but that then the technically execute is really incredible. For the for the, for his second assist for Velarde, it was <laughs> like, yeah. insane. Because yeah, it was. I think part of it he was he was hoping and guessing a little because I, he didn't look. Like he 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 steals it, and and you can see right when he goes past the post, you're thinking, is the chance gone? Crap, and uh, and all you see in the picture is him and two other defenders with no one else on screen, and then immediately instinctively he turns around, chips it, and Velarde arrives on the back post. And yeah, I, I he he looks so balanced of a player. Um, it's a perfect balance of athleticism and intelligence. I mean, yeah, he, he's a, he's a really clever player. Yeah. I don't want to get my hopes up too much about him, but yeah. <laughs> stay, no. stay, stay even. Yeah, I mean, at the very beginning of the game, when we were looking rough, I was thinking like, man, Tommy V has saved us so many times. He's going to be man of the match. He's definitely like keeping us out of the fire. And then as soon as we kind of had that turn and we started getting it more in their half of the field, it, that's when it became like, oh, Rapapa, okay, all right. <laughs> like, this is pretty cool so yeah it's i'm glad a defensive player didn't get man of the match in my mind because that would have been a bad sign of things uh and instead yeah i definitely think mensa was the the man of the match and that's not to take anything away from anybody else in the field you know i i have on here like you know especially down the stretch the veterans dover kenny ryan james tommy v like there was a moment towards the end of the end of the game where louisville was streaking down the field and basically taking it to the touchline. And I'm looking and I'm like, Tommy V, just go down. Just like take, just slide, take the ball out of bounds and it's fine. And he didn't. He stayed on his feet, which I think surprised the Louisville attacker and won the ball and, and calmly cleared it. And like, we've been talking about Tommy V a lot um, over the past two seasons, but like, I'm even more excited now seeing him in that center back. There was one moment in particular where there was a little passing triangle of Tommy V, Ryan James and Kenny Forbes. And I was just like, Oh crap. Like, (laughs) Oh oh, crap. Like that is legit in the middle. So yeah, I think a lot to be excited about here. I have to talk about Kenny though. I, I, for me, he was such a close second to Mensa. Oh Um, yeah. I, I think we're, we're in danger of kind of just, accepting like Forbes's brilliance and you know like so I, I think there's a bias like when 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 people like us do like player ratings or something there's a context right where like for for Kenny to get an eight or nine out of ten he probably has to set up a couple goals and and you know and you know have a lot of possession and have high pa- passing accuracy for for I don't know I'm trying to think I'm trying to, for like I don't know for like for Larde to get an eight or nine out of ten, he probably just has to like be on the pitch for ninety minutes and like not get subbed off. Like I'm, really, I'm, really, I'm being a bit harsh, but like Burn. I, I on, just man. feel like Larde gets subbed like and on sixty minutes every game he's ever played. But so, but there's a context is what I'm trying to say is like we, we have a certain expectation of what Kenny needs to do right. to have a great game and and to be noticed, 
and he was I mean he was near flawless throughout the entire game and and for me he, he produced the, the the moment of the match with that pass I mean it was ridiculous I mean um, also props to Dover I mean Dover yeah. making the run mm-hmm. and and Kenny just put I I don't think there's another person on the team that could do that I don't I I mean I question to, to have the division and, and the technical skill to pull that off I mean that goal I I haven't seen a hound's goal like that in a long time and it, it was just freaking perfect i mean that's that's high 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 level stuff um yeah that was my favorite moment for sure yeah. I, I didn't really think to expect three goals from three different players and yeah. like different setups and and looks for those goals and <laughs> i was watching with a small group of friends and <laughs> i can't remember who said it but after that i think it was the second or third goal someone said nico who <laughs> <laughs> just, honestly, it's like you know i mean honestly we we were so worried about you know how are, how is it going to be for us to score goals are we going to have that opportunity uh this season are we going to have those players that can make those opportunities happen and yeah i i think now granted it's super early can't get you know too excited but it looks like we're not going to have any issues with uh people shooting on goal yeah for sure and you know to that to that goal i that felt like it was quintessential Dover too. Like the number of times that he just sort of pops up and you're like, wait, who is that? Oh, that was Dover. Like he just <laughs> finds those spots. And when you watch the replay, he was clearly on side catching Louisville napping. And it was just, it was perfect. It was again, it was one of those veteran plays. I don't even think there is catching him napping. I mean, like that's just me, a perfect breakaway. Louisville. Yeah. Like I was looking Yeah, like I, to me, they kind of defended that. Fine. Like they kept they kept a clean line. You know, if anything, you might want to say Louisville needed to be higher. Um, it was just perfectly executed. But yeah. and, and 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 just every like Dover's touch to bring it down and settle it, and and his the, the ability to kind of you know be calm in front of that in in front of that opportunity. Yeah, it was. If we can, if we if we have that in us, where we're creating chances like that once every game or something like that. I mean. I think that that would that would be a clear sign for me that we have improved. I don't want to say significantly, but improved, which is still an important statement because it's not it's not a given that you're going to improve every season. And I mean that that's an improvement right there. Just that movement and that technical awareness from everyone on the team. That's I didn't see that last season. Yeah, and you know it also felt very much like Lily being Lily. Um, at times where, you know, the hounds go in, they come out at halftime, they come out flying. I thought it was very interesting that, and and not necessarily surprising, but just something you look at and go, yep, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Danny Griffin got his first minutes of the game, or first minutes of of his professional career, sorry, came on, goes out left side midfield, and what uh, what did Lily do? He basically just slid Ryan James to left back right behind him, and just said, have at it, kid. Like, go do your thing. Be crazy. And you you have the confidence that you have somebody like Ryan James backing you up if something gets past you. And that's huge. Like, you want to talk about, like, encouraging players not to make mistakes and encouraging them to go out and do their thing. Like, at one point, you're like, yeah, you're putting a veteran behind me. But then you're like, yeah, you're putting a veteran behind me. Like, go. Go do your thing. Which, it's awesome. I mean, huge. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that you brought that up i was supremely impressed with danny griffin i mean he like he had so much energy and and work ethic um yeah he was yeah yeah i I, and i I think obviously it was a good moment for him because you know you're coming on with fresh legs when everyone else is tired even the people who are you know historically looked at as very you know fit and athletic um so he had that advantage from the get-go but I mean, he yeah, he he ran hard for thirty minutes. I yeah, he he's a great sub. <laughs> based off of, based off of that, I would have no problem seeing him come on in in future games and big moments. Yeah, another player that uh you know, kind of newer player. Well, is a newer player. Ashworth. I was I was concerned about him at first. Like he gets that yellow card, and then he kept on going. He kept on doing the slide tackles and that kind of stuff. I'm like, I don't know, man. We're about ready to go down to. <laughs> To 10 men because of you I, <laughs> chill out a little bit and then when he get, didn't get subbed out at halftime because you know i was expecting like a couple subs at half and i was like oh man uh, this is still dangerous here but he, he was good i mean he was a defender and he got you know dirty and that's always 
good to see as long as you don't get two yellows. <laughs> Along that line, I, I was impressed with the number of players that had that element of like the dark arts in them in this game. <laughs> I, I felt like we've always missed that in, in teams historically. And it even something as small cut, as like... Cuts a Danny Earls going, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, one player. I mean, you know what I mean? Like exactly. you kind of, you need this string. Th- I mean, because even... Kenny has it in him. Like he'll he'll definitely like kind of yip at the ref, but he he definitely has this, has this persona as like the grizzled wizard who can just like you know is very calm, cool, and collect and just you know a genius. Um, you know, so, but there was a lot of players who were just like you know protesting their their feelings to the ref and kind of stay you know like something as simple as you have a foul you get up and you stand in front of the ball so you make sure they can't get a quick restart like like you need that kind of game intelligence i think yeah we saw that more and more and i was i was happy to see that it's more than just passion because that's why i feel like um earl's had he had a lot of passion and he was just you know full he was there for the team 120 percent every single game um but I think what Kevin you're talking about more of is just a a tactical sense of you know how to play the game, the mind game as yeah. as well as the actual physical game, and that that is nice to see. It's something I don't feel like really you see that much in the past in USL. Um, that's something you kind of expect more from like veteran players, veteran you know a, a bigger league, a, a more wizened. Uh, crew and this was definitely a situation where you could see those tactics playing more of a part than we've seen for our team in the past yeah yeah i wonder how much of that is just sort of players and how much of that is just sort of the the uh the game intelligence level rising in america as more people are exposed to soccer and you have more more competition at the youth levels that's producing more players but no i def- i'm not disagreeing i'm just sort of thinking you know you know, if we went to, you know, a, a U-20 game somewhere, would we see something similar? Or a U-19 game somewhere, would we see something similar? I don't know. Um, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, and a, another quick note. I know I, what, at the beginning, the commentator made a note of how much Lily was talking, I guess, to, to Von Gizio in particular, about to move up the back line. Um, and it did get me thinking, you know, I know in the preseason, um, the, the people who were around the preseason more and, and watching more of the preseason games – always noted that yeah the new defenders are big and yes they are big <laughs> and 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 something that you can work with tactically where yeah if you play if if you drop too deep then there's no i mean the, you you're allowing the opposition to have build up and kind of slowly work their way to the edge of your 18 if you if you have a higher line you have you're forcing them sometimes to go long and play it over the top. Well, when you have two center backs that are six five six six, you know you're going to win a lot of defensive headers, and and especially when you have a four four in the midfield, you you should be winning a lot of the second balls too. So yeah, if it, it is crucial, we need we need to force teams to have to kind of resort to a longer ball every once in a while because we we have defenders who nine times out of ten should be beating their their opposing forward you know, in the air. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a nice, it's going to be a nice thing to have. I mean, I think that's, that's why we were having so much success during, there was a stretch after we got our first, or our, we got our two goals in the second half where Louisville literally couldn't clear it out because we would pin them back in the D you'd have Mensa and Velarde and Robbie sort of pushing and, and, forcing them into playing long balls and then you would have Skyler and Tommy V come flying in to knock down those balls and then you were Tommy winning v, the second yeah, balls back. There yeah. were a few times I saw Tommy <laughs> V get up over somebody. I'm just saying. I called him out by name. No, I know he can win a header. Like yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> not exactly, yeah. you know, the tall man. Yeah, right. And they had talked about, you know, some of the interviews with coach and some of the players, like what's different about this year? What are you looking forward to? And it's the depth they have. They always said like, we have more depth. And I think going along with that is they just have more tools in the toolbox. They have a lot more tactical things that they can play with now. I feel like, and you, you have more, you know, it, we don't, it's not just like, Hey, we have one tall player in the back with Greenspan or, you know, we have one really good forward with Nico Brett and like, you know, we're trying to get, you know, Duba and that kind of stuff up to uh, the level. Um, it feels like we just have a lot more just cards in the deck right now to to actually see these cool plays and, and 
giving that to Lily to tinker with and to find new ways to, you know, tease it all out, I think it's going to be awesome to watch. For sure. Um, I want to talk a little bit about ESPN too, but before we do that, is there anything else you guys want to talk about about the players themselves? I got nothing right now. So <laughs> I was kind of upset. I just sort of assumed like, oh, you know, I kept my ESPN Plus subscription since the season was canceled, thinking like, ah, oh, this game's on ESPN too. Sure, no problem. I'll sit down and watch it. Sit down at, you know, 5 o'clock, keep hitting refresh, 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 and just to learn like, oh, no, you can't. You have to have a cable subscription or some other subscription to watch it on ESPN too, which feels like a lot of crap um when you're already sort of paying for something and so yeah not happy about it you know basically we have this game on espn2 and then we have our home opener against indy in a week and a half on espn2 and uh yeah i ended up resorting to like i I have a hulu subscription so i just upped it to get the live thing for now through then and then i'm gonna cancel but it's just it's crap I don't like it. Welcome to the world of national broadcasts. I know. Uh, usually the hounds aren't nationally broadcast, so we don't ever have to deal with this. Uh, this is something that has been around for, at least for our league, uh, for a while now. But it's just, honestly, it was just the fact that the hounds never get nationally broadcasted. So we never had to worry about this. Uh, again, with that little uh, chip on our shoulder about having respect. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh no, we're not going to put you on ESPN proper. We're going to put you on the streaming service only. So yeah, I, I I knew it was coming, but also I just might be more versed in this because of the fact that I watch the crew and that kind of stuff. And I always have to like pay attention to national broadcasts and blackouts and all that crap when it comes to streaming services well i think the the annoying part for me too was not not only that that's the way it was structured but how did they they don't explain it well like like it'd be fine if they had a page like hey here's this tier this is how much it costs and this is what you get here's this tier this is how much it costs this is what you get I didn't. I don't know. I, I, they, to me, they didn't make it clear. It wasn't like, hey, if you get this, if you just have ESPN Plus, then this is what you can expect. And if you just, if you get the live streaming thing, then this is what you. Get. I was. It was weird because I was like, yeah, I can watch. What was it? I think it was like AC Milan play. I, I don't know some other Italian team. <laughs> <laughs> I can well, say other back, Italian Kev. teams, but I know, like, I I don't think they were playing Inter. I don't think they were playing like. Florentine the three teams it. that matter in that league got it <laughs> <laughs> um but i was like so i can watch you know the likes of ibrahimovic but you know i can't watch the hounds like what the hell but yeah it was weird oh yeah. former mls star uh ibrahimovic yeah, yeah. he's yeah. a good player <laughs> used but to that, be but that's a good point that you know like uh, i don't know I, we're not going to change anything on this but the fact that espn and hulu are now owned by disney and like if i can get a live package through hulu why wouldn't you think that espn could just in turn sell their own live thing? whatever i hate it's it's it. yeah I, I it's it's it. it's all because of cable companies and it's going to get better eventually it's so much worse in other sports though honestly like if you try to watch like like i remember even hockey like okay is this one on the nhl network where i can just pay for the stream package or is this one locally broadcasted therefore i can't watch it um and yeah at least we don't have local broadcast blackouts which is what i was afraid of because all of our games not all of them but a a large amount of our games are going to be on 20 to the point i believe or 20 to the point whatever it's called um and those games will also be on ESPN Plus, which in other markets with other teams, if it's locally broadcasted, is not on the streaming service as well. So thankful for that, at least, because I don't have cable. So, yeah. Somebody from 22 The Point just heard that and went, wait, what? What? We, we didn't that. put that in the contract? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so this was fun. Like, I, I, not that I didn't know what to expect, I was excited um to to see a game i think everybody was excited to see a game uh was excited to see the guys come out and look especially towards the end just look more professional had it together like it wasn't perfect like we said um i think that you know some of the discussions that we were having with some of the other mongols folks was just considering everything else that's going on i really hope they get a full 16 game season in but i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you guys right now if i put the over under at eight and a half games that we play this season before things go crazy are you taking the over or the under kev 
It's, I, I still don't fully know like how this season is proposed to play out. I have been, I've stayed far away from that. So what, is, you, isn't yeah, there, you, did you like wipe last week's episode from your, you were there. It didn't actually happen. <laughs> it wasn't recorded, Mike. It so didn't yeah. happen. <laughs> okay. Um, so what, no, what, yeah, what, from memory, what last week, there, there's going to be this kind of like, yeah, you or tell is us back MLS? how you remember it. This could be fun, guys. No, is it, are, are they all going to a location and playing, or is that another league? That's MLS. MLS. MLS is going all in one location. Uh, USL is more like, just think of it as like the World Cup feel, where it's like everyone's right. in groups and you play. So we have our main group, and then we also have like a couple of games outside of that group that we play against. Right. But it's still home and away games. Like I, I, I heard yes. on the broadcast what some teams are giving up the chance of, of playing home games and just playing away games for yeah players. it depends on their region it depends right. on what the government allows in that right. area because some places are like no no sporting events even without fans but like all right well i guess we're not playing at home then right. so it depends on where they're at yeah i mean i don't know i i can i can see a wor- where if they do it properly like if, if i i think having fans is kind of ridiculous and i think I think my my only worry is uh, the USL doesn't have the resources that, you know, top tier national leagues do. So how you could do it when you have a lot of resources. So you're you're testing them every day. You're you you have the ability to monitor the players to make sure they're not going anywhere. You have the ability to monitor the coaching staff to make sure they're not going anywhere and everything's a very tight system. Then yeah, I mean I, I could see that being fine and you can play um i just yeah i think the biggest question is i don't i don't think the usl and the teams have the resources to keep everything a tight closed system um so i could see i, I don't know i'm not going to say over or under eight and a half games but i could i could see it's it's probably more likely that we don't finish the season given how everything's going because all it takes is a handful of of people involved in the league to to get it and uh and yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you, you, at that point, you, you don't really have a choice at that point. Like clubs, there is one good out. thing about the group setting of these, of the tournament style is that the teams aren't playing other teams from other areas. So it's like, if it were to like, let's say like a couple of players get it in a different group, um, then that group might have to postpone or like figure something out. But the other groups would not be affected by that. So it's almost like you have all these little pods that right. you have to watch now, and each pod could have a different outcome. I don't know what they're going to do if, like, two pods get, you know, shut down, essentially, two right. of the groups, and be like, do the other groups keep on playing because they're fine? Or, like, does that just, like, forfeit it for them? Or, like, now is it, like, the top three teams in every group get into the playoffs? Or, like, how's that work? Like, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be wobbly is what I think it's going to be like, it's, we're going to see the rules, the structure of this tournament change multiple times before it ends. And if we're lucky, we'll get through all the games, but it very well could be end up like, Hey, only two teams in this group are still, you know, COVID free. So they play each other five more times. (laughs) Like (laughs) who the hell knows? And it's not even who wins the match. It's whoever can stay 90 minutes COVID free. Uh, Yeah. Test everybody at the beginning and end of the game. Yeah, uh, that's terrible. That is terrible. Yeah, yeah, it sucks, and it's it. It feels so weird to be playing soccer right now, watching live sports, and I know everyone says that eventually we have to get back to our regular lives and do something, but it's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. It feels it feels kind of weird. Like, can't we just wait until a vaccine comes out and then start getting back to our regular lives? Yeah. <laughs> um, our buddy Phil Grooms did an interview over on the USL show with. USL president Jake Edwards and he talked about sort of how fluid everything sort of has to be and they're you know in constant communication with the USL Players Association and sort of everything that's going into making this happen and how they're very realistic about like you know there's going to be cases that come up and you have to sort of adjust and they sort of have plan B C D E for all of those cases and as long as everyone is willing to be flexible and and adapt to sort of what comes in and not just sort of take a hard stance of like, this is exactly what we're doing and that's it. Then like they'll be okay. But, um, I would love to see, you know, a 16 game season and the hounds tear through the playoffs and win. And we talked about how, you know, how crazy it would be if the win, if the hounds win in this abbreviated season, I don't care. I'd still love it. Um, I hope we get there. 
but uh, we'll have to sort of wait and see, especially, you know, seeing how they played this week. So, um, uh, One other thing. I, I do think it would be really nice to see consistency with what the rules are for all this, though. Um, we looked at the, the announcement when they said they were coming back and, like, what requirements they were going to have for the teams and the stadiums and all that kind of stuff. And very clearly at the Lou game, like, there were some of those requirements were just completely thrown out the window. Like, no smoke. Well, there was smoke. Like, you know, there's a pandemic going on that affects your lungs. Maybe smoke's a bad idea. Um, there was, like, supposed to be no capos, no chanting. I knew some other games adhered by that because I remember one of them. I can't remember what game it was now, but it was, like, all drums only. And that was kind of, like, how they did it. Um, but yet this one had chants going and capos and all that kind of stuff. So it's just like you want to see those people be more safe and rules in place to protect them. So it would have been nice to see those rules followed, which I don't know if maybe the USL board decided against some of those rules, but there was no announcement about that. So I don't know. It felt kind of like a double standard was happening, uh, maybe because it was Lou's opening other stadium, so they wanted to be extra cool about it but i don't know it, it's didn't seem right to me yeah i mean being extra cool about it yeah it does it seems like like the parents trying to be cool parents yeah their kids right? drugs like it's not <laughs> i thought yeah, you were gonna yeah. say alcohol you went straight to drugs man yeah what, what happened to you as a kid it's 2020 mike get with it <laughs> yeah we got bigger problems um yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree with the consistency part of it, too. I, I, on one hand, yeah, you, you don't want to be, you, you do want to be, I guess, flexible to be able to react to new problems that arise. But at the same time, you can't let that translate to being, to having no stance and to having no rules. And, and yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> I, I, consistency clear messaging would be nice although i have to admit even if they did i wouldn't know of it because i don't pay attention to any of this stuff <laughs> i would rely we got on you guys. don't worry we got you good <laughs> for those new to the show kev uh likes to come in doesn't don't know do a lot of prep work on. uh if you give him a premise he'll totally reject your premise and give you yep. an answer to something else entirely uh yeah i like to keep back, it free kev. and open mike it's i like right. this is this is uh it's like jazz you know it's like she, oh, that needs. It's to like be I know, I know the you know chord progression is? we're gonna have. Like I.e., you know, I.e., we're gonna talk about Louisville, and I watch the game. I know the chord progression. <laughs> Outside of that, I don't know where I'm going. With my soul is. Oh my gosh! All right, let's uh. move on. Our next match is Saturday at 7:30 p.m. at Philadelphia Union Dose. So this used to be Bethlehem Steel, as we mentioned previously. They have now reverted back to Philadelphia Union Two. Um, Philly's last game was March 7th, and it was a nil-nil draw with Loudon. So not a ton we can glean from that one. Um, they won't have a game before they play us this weekend, so really not a ton to know. Now, um, Justin does also do the Views from the Bridge podcast that covers Philadelphia Union 1, and I don't know what there is to know about between 1 and 2 or whatever, but we'll see. Maybe he and Steve will be able to put together a preview show later this week. Um, just to sort of dig in what we may or may not know about this team. But just like everybody else, we're trying to get back in the rhythm of doing shows. Um, we're trying to figure out how to get uh, you know Liz to, to do the full 90 remotely, potentially. So if you have any thoughts or ideas, let us know, because that could be fun and interesting. Um, guys, any sort of thoughts or early predictions on this game? I mean, it's a two-team I'm going to guess there's not going to be anybody at the stadium because it's a two team, like not even just because of COVID, but like it's a two team. Um, (laughs) We're not going to have a situation like last year where you're going to have players moving from MLS down to two to get minutes simply because all the MLS, all all the MLS players are in a bubble in Orlando. So they're not going to want to move players. So this is definitely going to be a, younger crop and that could have benefits because you could have a team that has slightly more chemistry that you're not constantly injecting different players into but uh just overall thoughts josh what do you what do you how are you feeling heading into this game 
Um, I do think the schedule kind of helps us a little bit more than it helps them, even though the fact that they're going to be more rested, I guess you could say, they also haven't played a game in forever. So they're going to be rusty, and they're not going to really be as match fit. Uh, even though it's only one game, it still is a way to kind of judge what your team is at and what kind of tinkering you have to do to make them better. Uh, so that's why Bob's always like, hey, the first part of the season is kind of like, you know, playtime. <laughs> Um, so that'll be nice that we have that leg up. Um, yeah, I, I do think MLS uh, is back tournament. I think that's what's called MLS is back. I forget. Anyway, the tournament they're playing in Orlando, um, they are definitely not going to be traveling players back and out because if as soon as someone leaves the bubble in Orlando, they have to be quarantined for 14 days before they're allowed back in the bubble. Um, so no worries there about anyone making a you know last minute drop down to the two team um so that that's kind of a benefit for us and yeah i i if we can beat louis at their home you know their stadium opening i think we can beat uh union too and i'm not worried maybe maybe that makes it a trap game but i don't think so and i do like the thought that uh mls two teams have been uh playing in front of empty stadiums uh before it was cool that's that's a you know good good take there yeah is there anyone – I feel like looking at the schedule, Louisville, probably Indy, just because friggin' Tyler Pasher, man. Like, we had him, and now he is like that entire Indy team. I don't know if you guys saw him this weekend. He was just like yes. causing all sorts of havoc up top. Um, those are the two teams that like I sort of look at, and I'm like, well, yep, those are the ones that, you know – they're, they're going to be the challenge, and we're not going to see Louie again until potentially the playoffs, assuming we get there and they get there. we got to face Indy twice. Um, but, like, beyond that, I, is there any reason to think that, you know, we're going to drop points to the likes of Hartford or Loudon or Philly 2? I mean, I guess Red Bulls 2 maybe, but it all depends on, again, that's a two-team with no players moving down. Who shows up? So, Kev, are you worried about this game on Saturday? I mean, on paper, no. But I, I just – and, I, yeah, I'm not going to pretend to know anything about the, the you know, the two teams. I, I'm not going to talk about them too much. But, yeah, I, I, I think while it was a good performance, I think j- – just to reiterate what I said earlier, on another day that's not a 3-1 win. So, right. I, I th- it, it wasn't a complete performance. There were moments in the game where we made mistakes, where we didn't – you know, we we didn't play within the system that Lily wanted to, and there's a lot to improve on. And and fingers crossed, we actually do improve on them and see a better performance in the next game. And and I think if we do that, if we improve on the performance that we put in against Louisville, then yeah, I I have very little doubt that it'll be a positive result for us. But uh, but yeah, I mean, if if we come out and and have lapses like we did in Louisville, it's it's not it's not you know against us for for them to. To get a few to, to get a few goals past us, um, especially with, I don't know what the defensive line is going to look like. I don't know if new new players, new players, quote unquote, are going to come in who didn't start in the previous games. Um, you know, I always worry a little bit about cohesion, especially along the defensive line. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't know, we'll see. So we saw a little bit of that at the beginning of the game with Gomez, where there was a ball he should have grabbed, and there was a lack of communication. So we could see that. Yeah. Um, Josh, give me a score prediction. Three zero, pounds. Kev, that feels good. Yeah, I like three zero. I'll say two. Two. I like I like three as well. We'll go three. That's fine. Um, so like we said, the game is Saturday, seven thirty p.m. Philadelphia Union two. I believe it'll be on ESPN Plus, not the yes. dose. So yeah, for those of you who have that subscription, good on you. Um, yeah, and like I said, we'll see if we get a preview show out later this week. One other big uh, announcement. It's not really a big announcement. It's something we've been working on. Working on. We've been talking about it a little bit. So uh, Roughneck Scarves, who is like an unofficial sponsor. They've clearly been sponsors for the past few years. But once COVID hit, they've really sort of taken a hit. Um, they've adjusted, just like a lot of other businesses. And now, in addition to making scarves, they're making uh, masks. They're making gaiters. Um, and they're doing some different things. And so we reached out to them and said, hey, it'd be kind of cool if we got some masks, you know, even if we don't end up playing games at Highmark, it'd be really cool to have like a, a hounds themed mask that we could wear. And so they said, sure. So they put together a couple designs for us and uh, one in particular really caught our eye. So 
we're gonna get some masks made um if you're interested let us know these aren't like cheapo masks that are gonna like hurt your ears they sent us a, a sample and uh these are like thick cotton they velcro around the back but they still have some elastic that goes over the ears so they hold up they're really comfortable i've like we were sitting watching a movie the other night and i just wore it for the entire time just to like see like really test it and like it felt great the whole time um so really good stuff. So keep an eye out for that. As soon as we have the final versions, we will let everybody know. I'm sure it's going to take a little bit of time to get them printed, but uh, some exciting stuff. So if you're interested, let us know. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, at Mongols. Just, you know, we're trying to get a head count. Uh, nothing official at this point, but uh, if you think it'd be cool, just say so, and uh, we'll count you in. Guys, I think that's it for this one. Josh, you looked at me like surprised that I was saying that's it for this one. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No, I just you know, look at you surprised because I thought you were about ready to go into the wrap up. And then you like you said, guys, I'm like, oh, am I have to, <laughs> I have to say something? Was I supposed to say something? No, 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 nothing else. Uh, is it too soon to start looking at the standings? Uh, yeah, uh, ask Dan. <laughs> yes. just, just tweet at Steel Army and ask if you can look at the table yet. Uh, just to see him go crazy. Once again, though, you know, if we said that we were going to wait until July 13th to look at the table, I think you'd be okay with that. So it's on you. What the rules? It's on you. Yeah, it's the rules. We're sticking to them. All right. Um, well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Obviously, thanks to our sponsors. This is your weekly reminder that Black Lives Matter. Go get the latest Steel Army shirt. Love Pittsburgh. Hate, ra- hate racism. Black Lives Matter over at SteelArmy.com. Um, we're not going to let this go. Like this is something we're going to mention on every single show. So absolutely, uh, wear your damn mask. Like I mentioned, we're going to get Mongols masks. So you won't have an excuse not to wear one. Cause it's going to be friggin' awesome. And I think we're going to try to sell them for like 10 bucks. We're, we're going to sell them at cost. So like, we're not making anything off of this. It's just something fun that we want to do. Um, totally worth it. And we will share more info once we get it. Um, otherwise go to mongols.com, click on support the show, become a Patreon follower immediately after this show, we're going to roll in and talk about some behind the scenes stuff, which is fun. It's $1 a month. You get access to all those shows. Plus, you know, whatever other special things we're doing, like all of our Patreon followers at the beginning of this year got sweet mongols kits. So, um, definitely go check that out. Mongols.com support the show. Otherwise, thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to USL, MLS, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com or masks. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com like our Mongols kits. Otherwise, looking for more great USL news, head over to BGN.FM. Lots of great stuff over there. Otherwise, thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.